Welcome to another episode of Ask Tyler, where we get questions from the patrons, and I bring them to you live on the YouTube. Let's jump right into it. So, the first question. When holding significant future draft capital, why does the strategy tend to lean towards rebuilding as opposed to selling those future picks for players who make you immediately competitive? It's a good question. I don't always lean towards rebuilding, but picks increase in value over time. They don't get hurt. And during the draft, you can always sell them for a haul. People always doubt that, but you always can. I promise. So unless you can build a ridiculous team by selling picks, it's usually not the move. However, one thing I often do like to do is sell some ancillary players for picks and then use those picks to upgrade from great players to studs or good to great players or something like that. So next one, how does your draft strategy change when doing a keeper league? Does it matter how many keepers there are, penalties or not? First of all, I always say if there's less than five keepers, just treat it like redraft. And then in terms of keepers, my strategies do change, but keeper leagues vary the most from league to league. It's why on Twitter, I usually ignore keeper questions or just barely answer them. It's one of the best tiers for the DM tiers of the Patreon which you can sign up for at patreon.com slash fantasy advice. The link is in the show description and also at the top right of this video. Um, but yeah, it's, it's usually um, more along the lines of redraft, but it's hard because every keeper league is just so different. Um, okay, next one. What do consensus rankings usually get wrong? So I uh, have this one for both Dynasty and Redraft. In Dynasty, they usually have running backs too high. Running backs are too high. Old players are also always too high. It's because ADP is a measure of who's ever willing to take them the highest. And then consensus rankings end up needing to be tied to ADP. People see the ADP. They want to do their rankings. They don't want to have a wildly different opinion. So they rank them close to the ADP. So that's why consensus rankings are often wrong about running backs and older players. And then in redraft, I would say, I still find quarterbacks end up going too high. You can get quarterbacks later. And not every year is going to be like last year there were where there were a few stud quarterbacks and everyone else was kind of meh. That's not the typical experience. And then I also think injured players retain too much value in both rankings and, and ADP. I don't buy the injury diff in redraft. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And we're going to talk about that more later. Now, if you're here, make sure to like the video. Leave a comment and subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to hit 2,000 subscribers by the start of the NFL season. We've got like 90-ish to go. So any support would be much appreciated. But I appreciate the audience. I appreciate everyone from the Patreon who's given these questions. So let's keep it rolling. Who is a rookie or sophomore you see people panicking on too early? More of a question on the first week. So there's really two. One, Michael Meyer. I've heard nothing, nothing, zero about Michael Meyer. Zero. I'm not panicking. We know how good of a prospect he is. It might take a little while. The Raiders are kind of a dumpster fire. Not giving up on Michael Meyer. Second one, CJ Stroud. I have not heard great things about CJ Stroud. Not like Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. They've been, everything is great, wonderful. Boom, boom, boom. CJ Stroud, mm, not so much. Not as wonderful. So not panicking on CJ Stroud. Great prospect. Second overall pick for a reason. No need to panic with C.J. Stroud. Is there a rookie showing up at camp who you were not in on originally but now are? There's really two that are high level. 
Zay Flowers, who is, I wasn't in on, and has blown the field away. He's going to be the Ravens wide receiver one this year, immediately. Week one, I would say, the wide receiver one. He will be. Week one. So Zay Flowers, absolutely. Secondly, Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo is a terrible prospect, but it doesn't matter because now he's in the NFL. He has his draft capital, which matters more than his prospect profile. We all know that. And he looks great. He looks great. Bryce Young loves him. Looks great at Panthers camp. Doing very well. He was listed as a starter on the depth chart. Very rare for a rookie on the initial depth chart to be listed as a starter, but he was. So, Jonathan Mingo. Now, of course, there are sleepers. During the draft, we were not talking about Demario Douglas. Maybe I was. I mean, I did a video about him two months ago on here. But Demario Douglas, Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, Daenerys Prince, Jason Brownlee. These are sleepers that we weren't talking about really that much in May. Uh, so, of course, those are the types of other names I would include. When do you start to worry about preseason injuries affecting regular season play? Uh, when there's a problem that looks like once we hear, we hope they'll be ready for week one, maybe ready for week one, then we have a problem. So Kadarius Tony, Isaiah Pacheco, Miles Sanders, I need to hear a little bit more about this groin injury. That could be a problem. But also, if someone's not a superstar, you just don't have to draft them. For those later picks in redraft, you want them to hit early. If there's an injury, it might take a little while. So just draft someone else. J.K. Dobbins is another one. I have no idea when he's going to come back, where he is. Another problem. I'm not going to deal with him. So now, I mean, I worry about it. Um, all right. Do you have your process for analyzing your teams immediately following a draft uh, to see if you're going to compete? So the one thing I would suggest is use a redraft analyzer. Use Fantasy Pros is the one I like. And see how your team stacks up in redraft rankings. That'll tell you whether you can compete. That's the first thing you can do. But generally, going into the draft, I kind of know. Did I trade away all my future picks? Did I acquire more future picks? I added three, if I traded four, four additional future firsts, it's probably not a year one competitor. Most of my teams are productive struggle year one. I think it's a better approach. So typically, that's the way I go. But occasionally, I do draft competitors. It does happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on the small sample size from JSN? Hmm. Small sample size. You know, I actually struggled to... Think about what the meaning of this question was. If we're talking about that he only had one good college season, showed to Jamar Chase, and that didn't stop him. He out, JSN outproduced Wilson and Olave on the same field. Those are both high-end, mid-dynasty wide receiver ones. Uh, I have zero concern. JSN, if he doesn't hit, certainly not because his college profile wasn't good, because it is. So no, no real concerns with JSN. And then another Seattle question. What is the backfield split looking like after good performance from Charbonnet? It's great to see that Charbonnet's not injured. Pete Carroll said out indefinitely. Now he's playing in preseason games. So that's, that's great. I am very concerned about Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is still currently hurt. He's probably going to be back for week one, but we're going to have a split starting from week one, a split. I have Kenneth Walker at RB17 in redraft, Zach Charbonnet at RB30. In Dynasty, I have them closer. Um... And I think the Charbonnet is going to, by mid-year, it's going to be a split. And whoever gets the goal line work is going to decide it. Hope it's Kenneth Walker, but it easily could be Zach Charbonnet. He was good at that in college. Who's your ultimate late-round flyer in redraft? Uh, you want late-round running backs who have a chance to move up based on an injury or a problem. The two I have listed are Evan Hull and Zamir White. <laughs> Not based really on injuries, but based on problems with Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs. 
you want running backs. Always, always running backs. In Superflex, you might want a quarterback. Someone like Sam Darnold, you know, in Superflex. But it, otherwise, running backs, Evan Hull, Zamir White, guys like that. Are we buying into the Sky Moore hype? Oh, man. Essentially, Sky Moore, he's a starter in two wide receiver sets for the Chiefs. It's very clear that he's a starter for now in two wide receiver sets. Alongside Marquez Valdez, Scantling. But his rookie year was so bad, it was on the level of like David Bell. And David Bell is almost out of the NFL. So, man, something has to give here. Rookies who are not first-round picks who are as bad as he are, it was in the rookie year never succeed. Those players never hit. DJ Chark is like the only one. So something has to give. I've moved Sky more up in my rankings. I still think Rasheed Rice is the Chiefs wide receiver, one of the guys they have long-term. Kadarius Tony is the one I'm kind of dead on, though. I've moved Sky more above him in Dynasty and Redraft. So, I don't know. I don't mind Sky more, but I'm still a little skeptical. And last one, I thought this was a good one to close on. Uh, as someone who subscribed to you for your knowledge and player ranks, how do you manage the info you put out? And is it the same info you use for yourself when playing in fantasy football leagues with people who are subscribed to you? That does happen every once in a while. Not too often, but it does happen. Uh, even if it's not, people can follow my content even if they're not subscribed to me or, you know, I'm not playing with them. But yes, yes, I use the same info. I think if it's good enough for me to sell <laughs> to a lot of people, it better be good enough for me to go and win with myself. Yes, I use my own rankings to draft and uh, no one else's. So absolutely, I use the same stuff. If you like this video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Also, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasyadvice. Thanks for watching.